When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included. All while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. I'm Ben, and today we're doing several different things. First off, we'd like to uh, give a big shout-out to our uh, super producer and our audio editor, uh, Dylan Fagan, who is setting in for our compatriot Noel today. That's the first different thing. We have to, and before we move on, Scott, we have to think of a nickname. Oh, boy. It might be. Can we wait till the end, maybe, to give him a nickname? Okay, but See this, what time comes we up? Have, this time we have to remember. Yeah, that's the thing. We never remember to do this. So <laughs> how about this? I'm going to write down nickname for okay. Dylan. Okay. Oh, good. Thank you for specifying. Yeah, and I'm sure that won't get lost in my pile of notes here. So, uh, you know... Hold Ben accountable if we don't do this. Yeah, uh, and you can uh, you can follow up with any complaints about me by uh, sending an email to jonathan.strickland at howstuffworks.com. Great. That's, a, that's an easy-to-remember address. Yeah, so our second weird thing, at least right now, is that you and I are in a studio rather than a car. Yeah, which is unusual for us because we have spent, um, oh, Ben, countless hours together in that car. Oh, man, yeah, so... That's that's the second unusual thing. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are going to explore our experience with Car Stuff's very first road trip and what a road trip it was. This was not just a random Hey, I'd like I'd like to go to Birmingham or well I've never been to the Pacific Ocean or something like that. We went <laughs> on a road rally. We went on a road trip with a mission. Yeah, with uh, with Rally North America. It was the Ohio Valley 700, and it was over the end of September, the early part of October. Uh, for those that are listening later in the future, and. Um, it was what from Hershey, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. all the way to Athens, Ohio, with uh, with a bunch of stops in between, which we'll talk about. And um, for Ben, you know what? We should first mention mention this. What's that? We, uh, we we you know we kind of promoted this ahead of time. You know, we oh, said that yeah. we were going to be part of this, and so we had uh, you know our team set up a donation page for mm-hmm. um, Cure, which is um, 
Citizens United for Research in Epilepsy. And we set up that donation page, and, uh, you know, we, we donated ourselves, you know, to get into the rally, et cetera, you know, to make our, our uh, contributions. And uh, we also asked listeners to stop by and pitch in a little bit. And, man, did they ever pitch in. Isn't that crazy? We had a lot of people that donated, and I was, I was just so pleasantly pleased by that. I mean, pleasantly pleased? Is that right? I can't say that. You can be unpleasantly I, pleased. I was, was going to say pleasantly <laughs> surprised, but then I'm not really surprised. We have a great audience, good listeners, and, uh, and they stopped by and really pitched in, so I was happy. Well, here's the thing, Scott. I was over the moon, and personally, I was very surprised. Not because our listeners are anything but astonishing people, but more so because, as you guys know, if you've heard any previous episodes, I am cartoonishly cheap. You know, like, it, it really takes, it really takes some time and deep thought for me to, uh, spend any money, whether it's buying a toaster or contributing to a greater cause, which is what Cure is. And with, with that in mind, uh, you know, I don't know if there's a way we can thank people enough because we continued getting our team continued getting donations while we were on the rally and all in all the event itself raised over $25,000. Yeah, $25,000 additional. So that means that Rally North America as a group to this point, because they've raised money for um, epilepsy before, mm-hmm. uh, they are now over one hundred thousand dollars for epilepsy research alone, or the cure alone, and all combined, I guess they're approaching. I think they're approaching around seven hundred thousand dollars for you know uh, um, charities of all kind. You know, whether it's the Sunshine House or you know Hope for the Warriors or you know all the other different uh, charities that they've uh, been uh, providing for over the past years. You're running these rallies for, mm-hmm. um, but again, twenty five thousand dollars from just this one rally alone i think that's really good and our team alone our our team and we're we weren't by any means one of the highest uh, teams we were right solidly in the middle we did really well um as of today i checked this morning we have one thousand and thirty three dollars on our donation page for uh for team car stuff and this is money that goes directly to the charity yeah entirely to the charity doesn't go to rally north america or anything like that no no that's that's a separate thing for the for the rally guys and you know to get the thing set up and and you know all the administrative stuff but the money that you guys raise goes directly to uh the cure for epilepsy so so great job everybody and uh we appreciate it and you know what ben i'm thinking and this is again maybe a little bit of inside stuff but i've talked with enough listeners about this that i feel that it's already out there We've been having a little trouble with our publishing here. Uh, we moved our publishing tool in-house, mm-hmm. and uh, I found out just yesterday that, um, or a couple days ago, um, this is in the future, by the way, so they know by now, um, there's been a little trouble getting stuff onto iTunes, and it publishes everywhere else. Our podcast do publish everywhere else. So while we were on that rally, the one that we were using to kind of promote that rally wasn't even released on iTunes. It was released everywhere else but there. So that came out a little bit later, and the whole reason was because I used a special character in the title. So we're going to get all this figured out, and uh-huh. we'll get it straightened out. But there's been a lot of back and forth between me and listeners trying to figure out why episodes are publishing late or not appearing at all on iTunes, and that's the reason. We're going to we're going to get it straightened out, I promise. Um, but again, $1,033, and, and I think donations are still coming in, so uh, we may top that amount. And if we get up any higher than that, I'll let you know along the way. But, um, man, we, maybe we should talk about you know what happened exactly. Because this was a six-day thing for us. Oh, yeah. It's a three-day rally, but it was six days for us. Yes, absolutely. Let's start with just a rough rough look at what we did uh, and an overview of the days. Consider this the table of contents of the days. 
So the rally officially begins on September 30th in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yes, that Hershey, Pennsylvania, the uh, home of the Hershey Chocolate Company. And uh, when the weather is right, it actually does smell slightly of chocolate. Chocolate capital of the known universe. That's yes. what they go by. No, they don't. I'm just joking. That's <laughs> it. But let's just call it that. So here's the thing. It started on Friday, but... There was a meeting for the the rally, the kind of kickoff for the driver's meeting, reviewing the rules, a charitable auction, meet and greet, stuff like that on Thursday, which would be the September the 29th. That was also in Hershey, Pennsylvania. So on Wednesday, September the 28th, Scott and I uh, joined forces with uh, our producer, Noel, who you remember from previous episodes, and our co-worker uh, slash cinem- cinematographic. Can I say it that way? I think maybe not. <laughs> Go ahead. You can say it that way. Oh, uh, we all know what you mean. Our, 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 uh, our visual guru. That's better. Our uh, our camera sorcerer uh, Casey Pegram, who would probably be slightly miffed by me calling him that. <laughs> yeah, he's probably got uh, way more fancier titles than that. I know, right? Uh, but they they joined forces with us, and so we took uh, we we took our first leg of the trip from Atlanta, Georgia, to Hershey, Pennsylvania, and we left at a decent time. But circumstances conspired against us, and we. We got there at about four thirty in the morning. Four thirty in the morning, but there was a lot of stuff that happened on the way. All right, all right. So uh, this is, you know, again, we'll call this day zero of the trip, right? The day tra- zero, the, yeah. the travel day. So it's a good thing that we left uh, when we did because I kind of think we, we were almost considering leaving on Thursday the 29th and getting there, you know, just before the meeting, mm-hmm. uh, early, early on. I mean, leaving maybe the very, very early, early, early on in these meetings. But then we decided that uh, it might be better just to get there ahead of time and have, you know, the day to do some things around town and, and kind of get into the groove of things and, and uh, sure. I guess, relax. Right, Ben? Yeah, and, uh, kick our feet up. <laughs> which is a laugh now that we're thinking about it. But <laughs> So back to Wednesday, the day we decided to travel, the one day ahead of time. Oh, so boy. I left my house at 6 in the morning, mm-hmm. and I think everybody heard that we arrived at 4.30 in the morning the next day. So yeah. that is 22 and a half hours in the car. I don't know if I've ever spent that much time in the car, you know, without sleeping um, in between. You know, like taking a, a break on the side of the road or to a hotel or whatever. Um, but that was twenty-two and a half solid hours, and you guys were not far off on that either, because I drove around to pick everybody up in the morning around seven. Yeah, around seven, seven thirty, somewhere, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. So everybody was in the same ballpark. I mean, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-two mm-hmm. and a half, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all very close. Doesn't matter. Um, it was quite a trip. I mean, we we had a, a little trouble getting out of town. Uh, we went back out to um, back out to where we were originally on the road and stopped and had just to give you an idea we had dinner near where we had breakfast um, <laughs> and uh, we got back on the road and I had been driving this point to this point and that was almost I had been driving for like ten hours at this point right and we're barely out of town yeah. so Ben took over and mm-hmm. almost immediately after Ben took over about thirty minutes after that. It started pouring rain, and I mean like hard, hard rain. Wipers, deluge. yeah, wipers can't keep up, kind of rain. The street, uh, the the water 
that's already on the ground doesn't have enough time to move in some places. So it, we were in flood danger areas, you know. This this started around 5.30 or 6 p.m. the night before, and mm-hmm. it went for 10 solid hours. And as it, you know, as it got darker and darker, yeah. we're, we're getting into uh, the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah, the and, very mountainous terrain. And, and very mountainous, and it was foggy. I mean, so foggy you could barely see the car in front of you with this, again, this pouring rain. So you drove through some of the, the hardest time, uh, I guess on the way there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, difficult shift for you. <laughs> I don't envy you at all. Not only that, you're trying to stay awake at you know four in the morning or three in the morning or you it know, was, all those hours. It was between. great though. It cleared up a little bit as we got <laughs> to uh, as we broke through Mar- Maryland and we're going through Pennsylvania because yeah. we were in Maryland for about 15 minutes and I was being such a jerk about it. Because, you know, again, it was three in the morning. <laughs> so we drove through just this very, very small part of Maryland. Yeah. And so we spent 15 minutes in Maryland, and uh, I think I've, you know, I think that's enough for me. Now, again, this is supposed to be a trip that's like 11 and a half hours, right? Right. Or, or something like that. Ballpark 11 and a half to 12 so, hours. So the question is, what happened? And the answer is that we did have to turn around to get some equipment. Yeah. Uh, we did run into some traffic. One of the biggest things, however, was that continual storm because of the um the mountainous terrain and the driving conditions and the semis you always know it's kind of a bad sign if you're driving and then you see a bunch of the semis the pro truckers pulling over right outside of the way station to just sit this one out yeah and they, we watched them and we kept driving they decided that uh, they were not going to not going to you know, risk it, but we we carried on. Uh, we had to get there, right? Because it's also my first time driving your car. What a I, kick in the pants, man! <laughs> I know. I, yeah, it was a little rough. So you got a, a better feel for that later on in the trip, which we'll talk about. But right. um, this is the other thing: is that we get into town at four thirty in the morning. Well, a couple things here. Yeah. When we roll into the uh, into the lobby of the hotel. A couple of the other rallyers were still out celebrating from the night before and uh, and wanted to know if we wanted to join them. And we were like, oh, no, there's no way we can do that right yeah. now. But uh, So we went ahead and got, got into our rooms. I had to send an email to Mr. Glenn Beck and a lady named Nancy Gates over at the AACA Museum in uh, Hershey, Anti- Pennsylvania. Yeah. Antique Automobile Club of America. Yeah, that's a beautiful museum, by the oh, way. But yeah. we, had a, we had a 9.30 a.m. media tour scheduled that day. And I knew that with uh, less than four hours of sleep, there's no hour or no way that we were going to be able to do that at that hour. So I had to cancel that at about five in the morning, uh, you know, four hours ahead of time. I felt terrible about that, but uh, Glenn got in contact with Nancy uh, later on, and we did arrange to get that tour taken the uh, the next day. So you know, we're there in Hershey. Woke up, you know, midday, had lunch, went out to this tour, had a wonderful time at that museum. Again, Nancy Gates gave us. Uh, she's the director of marketing and publicity, by the way, over there at the AACA. And they've got a fantastic uh, display. I don't know. I guess um, collection. Maybe that's it's right. absolutely it, beautiful. It, it yeah. really is, and it's not like it's it's overflowing with cars. I mean, there's there's a lot of cars there, but not like just jam packed with cars like you might expect. They yeah. all tell a story. They're all historically significant in some way, and all very beautiful. It's and, just yeah. it's a remarkable place. And they're they're curated, so we could do an entire episode just on this museum. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. 
And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. The best way to put perhaps is that we didn't get to see everything we wanted to see. So let's briefly walk through some of the, uh, some of the big points, the premieres. They have cars that a lot of people will not see in their lives outside of a concourse event. So there's a Pierce Arrow there with silver rather than chrome on the vehicle, just to give you a sense of the uh, elit- elitism there. Yeah, and that yeah. one was owned by a studio. I think it was Paramount mm-hmm. Studios. Yeah. And they would use it to transport um, transport Hollywood stars back and forth between the the hill the hills and or the mansions in the hills and the studio. So mm-hmm. I think it had something. There had something with that one, like it had a truck transmission or something like that, so that we could so they could climb the hills. It also had some privacy considerations. When yeah. the windows were customized, yeah, and silk, silk curtains. Yeah, and then we also we also saw several rare cars. We one thing they did that was that was really neat, and you should take your time to see it if you're if you're in the Pennsylvania area. Uh, they curated antique vehicles by their by their age, by their chronology, and then their geography as well. So they sort of started at one end of the continent and then went in these increments across and then they had other they were about cars in the context of culture what and that's part of what Scott's talking about when he says a uh, when he says they tell a story you know there were also uh, numerous examples of Mods versus bikers. Oh yeah, the rockers. I guess the rockers. Right. Yeah, yeah that so whole it's, culture. So uh, you know, rock and roll stars that own motorcycles and modified scooters and bikes, and uh, they had historic off-roaders, which was really cool. That was a great yeah. exhibit. Had a lot of really interesting stuff there. Um, oh, the the tuckers that they had there. They have the world's largest tucker 
exhibit. Yeah. And how many would you guess is in the world's largest exhibit of Tuckers? We'll give you a second. The answer is three. Three. Yeah, three Tuckers, and that constitutes the world's largest gathering or collection of Tuckers in one place. So Now, keep in mind, there are only around 50 of those made to begin with. Yeah, it's actually, it's very impressive to see in person. It really is. And, and not only that, uh, the display of engines that they have there, mm-hmm. You know, the uh, uh, whether it's prototype engengines or chassis, mm-hmm. um, they've got all kinds of stuff. They had the barn door from the Tucker farm mm-hmm. um, that... Uh, you know, it, it, it was something that was donated by the family themselves. They know it's authentic. Um, they had uh, countless, well, they don't have these on display yet, but they have countless blueprint drawings that right. are from Tucker. And they Schematics. Are, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Factory drawings, you know, whatever. Everything, thousands of them. They're going to digitize those and then eventually put them on display. Which will be great. Uh, they have, they'll have stuff where you can see physical copies under glass, but the digital displays will hopefully be accessible from anyone with an internet connection. And this is oh, a couple things. Geez, there's more to this. Yeah, thing, yeah, but, yeah. Um, so we're still at the museum. We haven't even started the rally yet, but right. we're at this museum and she takes us to this one, this one floor. There's three floors, by the way. Mm-hmm. Takes us to one floor and it's full of buses. Ah, I guess. Okay, I did a little bit of uh, digging into this. So there's there's a fleet of buses. I'm sorry, Scott. I'm still kind of in the Tucker world, but I have to stop myself because we did a three part episode on Tucker, yeah. a three part series. Oh yeah, did I miss some things? No, no, no. I'm sure they're all in the episode. Okay. I, I'm just. You guys know I'm a huge fan of. Preston Tucker, and I do believe the conspiracy theory that he was shut down by uh, shut down by big the big three. Yeah. Anyway, you can hear us rant about that in our uh, in our audio podcast available at CarStuffShow.com. Very nice. Yeah, nice nice segue, right? Especially oh, yeah. when it pointed out very smooth. Anyway, these buses, dude, they're they're fantastic. Okay, some of them are. Some of them are significant in that they that they show the lineage of custom coach work that still kind of exists in these buses at the time, and these come from an era when people weren't flying. So a lot of the things in some of these older buses will resemble the stuff you would expect from an airline today, like a, a meal service, you know, a uniformed staff, a, a, a steward or stewardess. Only far more comfortable and with more room in between. Like It just seems yeah. like a better setup. It's like the, I guess it would be like flying the airlines of, of old, you know, where there's actual, you know, shoulder room and space in the mm-hmm. seat and they've got um, footrests that can pull out. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the, from the seat below you, very cushy. They've got curtains on the windows. They've got kitchens. Overhead storage that has, you know, again, curtains mm-hmm. and ropes and things to keep everything in place. And, yeah, kitchens in the back, of course, uh, you know, restroom facilities. But carpet is really, really plush and very nice and everything. It's just, it, it's really, it's it's an amazing time capsule when you get inside one of these. And that's the cool thing is that Nancy opened the ropes on a couple of these and allowed our crew, the four of us, to get mm-hmm. in and sit down in these in these buses. And we kind of picked and choose, you know, which ones we wanted, or pick and chose which ones we wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, we sat in maybe four or five different buses and had a good time. And we were sitting in the driver's seat, you know, t- with those big flat steering wheels that sit in front of you, the, the you know, the, I don't know, 25-inch steering wheel. Yeah. And uh, kind of wheel that around a little bit. That's, you get the real feel for what it must have been like to... to you know, pilot that thing. Pilot, um, I think, is a correct word it, there. It, it was just, it was unreal. They, they were so beautiful inside. I mean, the the woodwork and the uh, and the fabrics and everything is. It's just again, it's a real time capsule. 
So the the other category of uh, buses that would be there were things like the bus that appears in Forrest Gump when Forrest, I, I believe, is riding back home from uh, the events uh, in D.C. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I got a chip on my shoulder about spoilers. I, I'm not going to give any spoilers for Forrest Gump, but in my opinion, there should be a, 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 a limit. There should be a, a statute of limitations for what is considered a spoiler. Yeah, Forrest Gump, that's a, that's a movie's like 15 years old or more, isn't it? Yeah, and where's the line? Where's the line with spoilers, Scott? I got somebody, someone got uh, irritated on a different show I do because they felt that one of my co-hosts spoiled a TV show called Lost for them. <laughs> oh, I wrote on. a very polite letter back, right? Yeah. And I said, okay, I understand, but is there a statute of limitations? What do you think it should be? Like, is it a spoiler to say that Abraham Lincoln is assassinated? Is it a spoiler to say that Santa Claus isn't real? That's the main spoiler most people get in the West. Ben, what are you talking about? If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Scott, I'm sorry you had to learn about no, it this no, way. No, listen, I'm forever going to believe in the big man. <laughs> the big man? Yeah, the big, big, the big man in the big red suit. <laughs> the big man yeah, in yeah, the big yeah, red yeah, suit. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I think it's a conspiracy theory. Um, I'm a believer. Anyway, right. uh, yeah. Anyway, spoilers. Spoilers aside for Forrest Gump, the buses were amazing. We were able to go into them and, to some degree, experience or get a sense of what it was like to operate or be a patron of one of these buses. But there were other very very cool things there. Uh, there were Packards. Uh, they were also like a Packard work truck uh, was also there because they had an SUV exhibit, an all-terrain vehicle exhibit. And one thing that I thought you particularly enjoyed was the bootleggers hearse. Yeah, the bootleggers hearse. And they and they held, and you'll have to appreciate the, uh, the play on words here, but they had spirits in the coffin that was in the back of this thing. Uh-huh. Ah, very uh-huh. cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was, of course, one of these huge coach-like, uh, you know, very ornate hearse. I don't remember the, the make and model. I have to, I have to dig up my photos because... I uh, I took lots of photos while I was there, so there's plenty of that to go around. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then one last thing about this, this museum. Yeah, uh, we had a sneak peek at a an upcoming exhibit, something that's going to happen maybe even as this podcast is being released. Oh yeah, can we say anything about that? I think so. It's the Route 66 exhibit. And yeah, they know it's coming. It's just no one's really seen the cars that are going to be involved. With it, but we have. They were in the basement. They were uh, they were being I guess ready readied for the for the exhibit mm-hmm. getting uh, in place. So, uh, oh, also, and uh, Herbie was there. Herbie the Love Bug, one of the ten original Herbie the Love Bug vehicles used in the movie. Boy, he um, got banged up. Man, there were there were brass era cars that were just piled up down there <laughs> practically. I mean, there must have been, I'm going to ballpark this, eight or ten brass era cars that were in mint condition, perfect shape. There was a rickshaw. A uh, rickshaw, that's right. There's a Prowler go-kart. Uh-huh. Uh, there's all kinds of really cool stuff down there. And I'm not going to give away what's going to be in the Route 66 exhibit or anything. I mean, you can go look at that for yourself, but um, there were a bunch of cars down there that were, that were ready for that and very, very impressive. So we had a great time. Thank you again, Nancy, for that. And uh, and really, anybody that's in that area, in the Hershey, Pennsylvania area, mm. check out the AACA Museum. It's it's just it's unbelievable, and they're constantly changing exhibits. So um, it, it, there's never a bad time to go, really. And expect more from us about that museum in the near to mid future. Yeah. Now the the rest of the group went on that uh, tour. In the the, more, the, the next following day. day, so they all got to see it as well, and uh, we had already been on that, so we were able to show up a little bit later, thankfully, and uh, and take our place in line. But um, first, we had we, we thought we were going to go to the Carlisle Swap Meet, which is in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, on that same day. But again, that persistent rain was keeping us out of that because it's a huge event. That's like an eighty-plus acre swap event, you know, where they have an yeah. auction and all kinds of stuff happening and the car corral. I would have loved to have seen that. That was something I was really, really excited about. But again, with our late arrival, then the tour in the middle of the day, plus that rain, there's just no way we could have done it because it yeah. just never let up. It was raining, like a steady rain all day, not not downpour like when you're driving, but close. We had to choose between one. Yeah. And of course, you know, Glenn Beck was along with us for, for all that. And we thank him also for kind of setting that up with uh, with Nancy. So Yeah, that was so cool. Yeah, really, really cool. And so we went to the, the driver's meeting, uh, which we thought was going to be at the um, at the hotel. <laughs> and we hadn't been watching the uh, there's a rally North American uh, rally North America page that's a special page for the people that are participating in the rally. And we hadn't been monitoring that, and we thought that it was going to be in the lobby of the hotel we were staying in. So we go down there, you know, 10, 15 minutes ahead of time, <laughs> and no one's there, and no cars are there. So we realized, I went and asked at the front desk, and she said, oh, no, that's out, outside of town here at, uh, you know, wherever. And she told no, me there where. there was one other car that was still there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they rode with somebody else there, that's all. Well, all right. But <laughs> we were the last ones. Sure. So we go, we head out, we took a wrong turn, of course, and uh, ended up about 10 minutes late to the driver's rally, or the driver's meeting. 
uh, totally embarrassed uh, first day, but uh, we, we walked in and everything was fine. It worked out okay. Uh, we knew the rules because we had read them ahead of time on the website, but um, we got the specifics about you know what to watch out for, what uh, you know what to expect the next day mm-hmm. in general. Not exactly all no. all together. Uh, and I'm by the way, I'm following this under some of our lessons learned and advice for people who choose to take it, who, who choose to go on a road rally in the future. And what's that? Well, I'll give this at the end. Oh, okay, it's a gotcha. summation. <laughs> okay, I see. So we walk in, and you know, we're standing at the back of the room at the meeting because we didn't get a chair because we were last in, of course. And uh, all the drivers are there. All the cars are parked out in the in the uh, uh, parking lot. And first time we've seen all of them together. Really, it was pretty impressive. And uh, as we're standing there, you know, they announced that we're <laughs> they announced that we're here, and you know, team car stuff. And Don, uh, one of the one of the rally drivers, mm-hmm. flips something over to Ben uh, real quick. It's like a little uh, little charm thing, right? Yeah. And what was it? It's a tiny rubber pig with uh, its head facing upwards and its mouth open, its snout pointed as though it, are, it is howling at the moon. Yeah, and we thought, well, this is unusual. But we said, well, th- thank you. You know, we knew, we knew Don. And we said, well, okay, thanks a lot. We had no idea what the significance of this was. I mean, people throw pig things at me all the time. <laughs> is that right? Bacon. Oh, that's Chicharrones. Not bad. Not uh, bad. No, no. This, yeah, this is, this is weird. So we couldn't say anything immediately because we hadn't talked about it yet. But uh, as Don was walking by, I think he got up to, to move something around or whatever. He said, you know, this is a lucky rally pig. It's like, keep it in your car for good luck. And I'm notoriously bad at holding on to things, but I made special, I, 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 made, I took special precautions to, to make sure we didn't lose it. And we didn't realize until the auction began, people will have an auction where they bid on stuff. And again, just like the, the racing donations, all the money goes to charity. And what we found out was that this, this pig, because only a few teams have one. This pig is a big deal, and we lucked into one on our very first night, uh, whereas other teams have been racing for a couple couple different times and still haven't had one. Uh, they were somebody auctioned off uh, a pumpkin pie, and because it had a pig, it went for like what eighty dollars, something like eighty dollars. Yeah. yeah. They, okay. Here's the deal: they they auctioned off a pie ahead of time, like a cherry pie or something. Yeah. And somebody had made, and it was like ten dollars or twelve bucks or something like that. Not not great, but it's you know still some money for the charity. Yeah. So they do that, and then the next one is a pumpkin pie, but they threw in a rally pig, and again, like Ben said, eighty bucks. So that gives you an idea of what the pig adds to the value of this item, right? So they yeah. did that for a few things. And I'll tell you, consistently, when they threw a rally pig on this, you know, as a good luck symbol, yeah, 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 it would up the price by like sixty or sixty-five dollars in on many, many items. Yeah, you remember? Okay, I was thinking about this is the perfect film moment that compares to this. Do you remember Ghostbusters two? Yes. Okay, Vigo the Carpathian, all yeah. that. Ugh, sorry, spoilers, everybody. <laughs> but so there's the scene when they're figuring out how to get into. Um, the the museum yeah. where the cursed painting is, and they all kind of look at each other, the four of them, and then they end up staring at the Statue of Liberty on that um, on the license plate. Yeah, that's the moment we had with that pig at the auction. It was because we were looking at like we held out the pig. And we're like, well, this is one of those right now. We just Don just gave us one. So Don, <laughs> thank you so much. We did. We yeah, had no thanks, idea man. what you were actually handing us at the moment, but uh, we, we soon came to understand, and it was uh, 
it's a, it's a, a cherished member of the team. Right. So then we, <laughs> we were told we would meet in the morning at the AACA Museum for the lineup and rally to begin. Because of donations from listeners like you, we were actually given a slight edge in the rally. Uh, we were 19 out of the first 22, and that's... Out of 50-ish. Yeah, out of, like, I think it's like 50, 52 teams, something like yeah. that, 53 maybe. Uh, yeah, again, number 19, and that, that allowed us to line up early every day uh, to get out on the road and kind of get a little jump on things. And that's because mm-hmm. of money raised early on. There was a cutoff point, mm-hmm. and uh, to that point, we were number 19 in the standings. We didn't expect to get anything, really. We were just standing in the back, not really thinking we were going to even place, but uh, mm-hmm. we did, because we were late entry. And again, i got to thank um, Scott and Tony uh, mm-hmm. from Rally North America for allowing us to slot in there late, because I know that's uh, that's kind of it's past the cutoff, but they allowed us to do it anyway. We sure so. appreciate it, guys. So, uh, we go to sleep. We're in preparation for the rally. We are not completely sure how the mechanics of it will work. Here's what happens. As we take off, we get something called... Uh, we get what we'll call a checkpoint card, a, yeah, sure. a route card, route card, points of interest. And this has the following display. It says, Day 1 Scavenger Hunt Items. And we have a checkpoint that is very easy. It's a checkpoint for a place called CJ Pony Parts. And we didn't understand at first you know, how this all worked. But when we got to CJ Pony Parts, we saw that we had some items on our scavenger hunt that would apply here. So the scavenger hunt, the way it goes, is that we have about 16 items that we can hunt. And these items ultimately are pieces of Americana. You how, know. how about we list just a few so people get an sure. idea of what we're looking for? Just kind of a general idea. Here's the easiest one. Okay. Your team or car in front of neon signs, working or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one that was a little bit harder your team or car in front of a hotel cottage with the owner's permission. Mm -hmm. And these are ranked in different points. So for the neon signs, for instance, you get 15 points for each one, and you can only do that six times. For the hotel cottage, you get 100 points for each one, but you can only do it twice. Okay, and in in addition to this card, which has several more, I don't know if you want to read any more or not. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, let's see. Maybe Um, a couple more. Your car parked at a roadside bar or restaurant with no less than four bikers and two motorcycles in the background. Uh, or your team or car in front of a sign that features Lincoln's head. Okay, or the Lincoln Highway Roadside Giants. Yeah. Um, that's another one. So we were on the Lincoln Highway. We'll talk about Lincoln Highway in just a minute. But mm-hmm. um, along with that, we received a pamphlet that had uh, the checkpoints. Right. When we, got so, to our first, when we got to our first place, CJ Pony Parts, we got a pamphlet. Yeah, so there's a card that they hand you and then a, a, a pamphlet with these checkpoints. And all checkpoints are worth 200 points. So just to give you an idea, for day one, there are eight checkpoints. And you know, CJ Pony Parts being the first one, which is a, a place just outside of town there in Hershey. And checkpoint number two was a 100, 198-year-old toll house on the, on the um, I guess it was the Lincoln Highway, right? Yeah. Um, and then the next checkpoint three was, uh, it was a, well, it was a haunted location. It was a haunted home. Union Hotel. The Union Hotel, that's right. And then checkpoint four was the uh, uh, giant coffee pot, uh, which mm-hmm. is uh, kind of a historic, it's a, it's a marker, I guess, you know, um, in Bedford, Pennsylvania, if you want to look it up. Built in 1927. They moved it in 2003. Um, there's a lot to all this stuff we could maybe talk yeah. about in a minute. Um, but, but you get the idea, right? Mm-hmm. Another one is like you gotta, you got to find this bison farm and take a photo of your car and your team in front of live bison out in the field. 
Yeah, that was a, that was an interesting one. Um, and oh, the last two were relatively somber. Yeah, that's right. It was the uh, Flight 93 Memorial um, in uh, out in the field, out in the middle of nowhere, really. Where the where the flight crashed. Yeah, yeah, uh, the 9/11 flight. So um, that was uh, man. Well, you know what? Should we talk about that in just a minute? Let's. Uh, sure. let's okay, we'll, we'll get back to this in, in, a, in a moment. But we were still trying to figure out all the, the this uh, the way this whole thing worked, really, and. We were lucky enough to, of course, know Glenn Beck, and, and he said he, he gave us a quick text message and said, hey, why don't you head on over to the diner across the street from CJ Pony Parts, and uh, and we're all sitting down and trying to figure out some of the clues, and we thought, oh, this is this is exactly what we need, because we had really no idea exactly how we were going to map all this out and where to go to. So we went over there, and it was uh, um, Glenn and uh, Don and Tim and uh, a bunch of guys sitting around the table, guys, and some their wives were with them as well, and um, just... Danielle was there. Uh, a lot, a lot of people sitting around the table, just really going through uh, booklets of information that they had already, like you know, pre-researched right. on this route. And not that they had the clues ahead of time, but they uh, they had an idea of you know where we were in the history of the area, so they knew what these clues or these these not really riddles, but these clues uh, were trying, sort of pointing to. They can make educated guesses based on what. Uh, based on probabilities. Very smart. Those guys were very smart. They uh, they had it all laid out and they did it all right in order and uh, you know for maximum points. And you know the only wild card I guess would be some of these things that you mentioned on the card along the way, the neon signs, the the mile markers, things like that. Those are a little tougher to come by, but you see them and just have to make an immediate decision to pull over and. And you know, some of the things that require you to exit the car and travel on foot for some amount of time. <laughs> that was <laughs> yeah. that was something that on the first day. Landed on Ben's shoulders, and man, when we got to that Flight 93 Memorial, you you must have run a half a mile each direction uh, to get to that. That was well, the end of the day. That's the thing; you can't at a memorial like that. I do believe it's disrespectful to run, so I was okay with it in the parking lot. Yeah, and then on the way out to the parking lot, but you know, had to show some uh, respect on the way. I, yeah. I totally get it. I understand, but. Uh, I tell you what, let's talk about that Flight 93 Memorial because that was something that was a standout on that day. Mm-hmm. As far as uh, we just didn't know what to expect when we when we went there. It's uh, again in the, in the middle of a field, and it's a huge it's a huge structure. It still isn't done. I would compare it aesthetically to the approach taken at the Vietnam Memorial because the the structure itself works with the land and focuses. The, the wind uh, in in a way that is surprising uh, and I think will I think is purposeful and there's an overhang that we went to where you can survey the entire site and then if you go down there's another uh, there's another I guess path or structure mm-hmm. that leads out to uh, to another, you know, another edifice. Well, the actual crash site. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the top, the top one is more of an overlook, as you said, and that's mm-hmm. the one that uh, all of us went to. And Ben, when we got down to the bottom, that's the one that you went to up to the gate and took the second photo because there were two photos required at that mm-hmm. location. And I think we all agreed that we would have liked to have spent about a half a day there because it was really, least, really nice. We didn't yeah. get nearly enough time to spend there, um, you know, because we had to get back for our, our check-in, but. Um, really an interesting site. Uh, it's definitely worth going to if you're, again, in that area. And uh, it's very somber, very solemn, but also really, really uh, beautiful at the same time. Uh, I'm just impressed with the whole thing, that they, uh, the way they've uh, laid that whole thing out. is just uh, It was not what we expected and, uh, you know, I guess a big surprise, but um, 
a good surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, probably enough of that. Let's move yeah. on. So we, the, the end of the day, you know, we had to total up our. Um, oh, Ben, you know what? We can't really move on to the the final checkpoint yet because there's a couple of quick things I want to mention. What's One that? would be the roadside giants, which were all along the Lincoln Highway. Oh yeah, and, and there's some official ones too. And, yeah, and <laughs> so they're like cars, and I don't know what what were the other ones. Uh, um, there were cars. There were uh, physical giants, like a giant elf character yeah. that we stopped by, uh, and we were tasked to find, I think, five of them, or five or six, but we had, eventually, we had to start triaging and prioritizing what we would hit next. Yeah. Because which we, had to be, of, yeah. we had to be back by 6 p.m. You had to be back by 6 p.m. to qualify. Um, many people were not, as as we came to learn. But there's another thing that I, I know you, you want to mention, and that's the motor court. Yeah, the Lincoln Motor Court. Now, this is right on the Lincoln Highway, as, as most of our travel was that day. Mm-hmm. And Lincoln Highway, if, if you don't know about that, it's almost a podcast in itself, really. It totally it, is. It I think be. we should save some for it. Okay, yeah. well, what do we want to say about it? Here's just real general knowledge of it. So this goes uh-huh. through the area that we were in, and we were on it for a long, long time. But this is a giant road. This is it, It's 3,389 miles, and that was in 1913. Uh, that's the length of it. It goes all the way from Times Square, New York, to Lincoln Park in San Francisco. That was the primary route across the United States, you know, east mm-hmm. to west or west to east. Mm-hmm. And uh, later, uh, not much later, as a matter of fact, they built the interstate system, and Interstate 80 became the primary highway for that exact route. So just as the old, you know, the, the old... Um, uh, the old yarn goes, I guess, or the old uh-huh. saw that, uh, you know, uh, when the new highway went through, uh, you know, kind of shut down these smaller towns and some of the, the industries along the way. Well, one that survived this whole time was the Lincoln Motor Court. And the Lincoln Motor Court is, I think it's the, 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 the person that was running this. I can't remember her name. Do you remember her name? Debbie. Debbie. Now, Debbie was super helpful. It may well there. be, uh, and she told us it may well be the last of its kind. It, I think it is the last of its kind. She's been there for 34 years? Yeah, since 1983, and that was when they changed ownership, I guess. That's when uh, the, the new owner took over, and that was her, Debbie. And, uh, again, 34 years, and this is a pre-World War II era cottage, uh, and, and a series of cottages, I guess, uh, in this motor court. You drive through and you park in front of your own little tiny cottage, and it's not much bigger than the studio that we're recording in, which is very small, mm-hmm. very, very small. Uh, but it's like, again, I said this before, but it's like walking into a time capsule. Uh, it looks like you're in 19, I don't know, late 1930s, 1940 America. Uh, it's it, everything about it. Everything that they placed on the desks, uh, all the woodwork inside there, the tile, the, the colors, and um, everything. It's 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 just exactly like it would be pre World War Two. Mm-hmm. Beautiful places. The outsides are, are covered with uh, with like that um, asphalt shingle material. Um, it looks and the chairs outside. You know, the lawn chairs are like the old style chairs like you'd find in the 1940s. It's it's very. Um, authentic, I guess, in the way that they have the whole thing set up. And it's really, really cool. Again, it's the only one on the entire Lincoln Highway that is open to overnight guests. And just to give you an idea of how many of these were around and how how few are now, because it's just this one. Yeah. The, the modern one, they have modern versions of this, but she said they're mostly, um, you know, individual units that they drop in place, like prefab units that they put in, and they're uh, they're almost like storage units, really, that you sleep in, really. Strange, different, different thing. But yeah. These are all original, and at one time, just in that one county that we were in, Bedford County, um, Pennsylvania, there were 13 of those motor courts in that one county alone back in the day. So, oh, 
Oh, go ahead. I, I have to interject this before you get too far away from it. It's similar to the prefabricated diner that we encountered at the AACA Museum because people were very into transporting something by rail or semi and depositing it. So there was a time in the U.S., and this um, this was spectacular to some of my friends who always wanted to open a restaurant, wherein you could contact a company that would ship a diner to you, an entire diner in a crate. Now, obviously not a big one, but an entire diner in the crate. It would either be about the size of one of, of a, maybe a studio apartment up to maybe the size of a trailer. And what you would do is you would take your first dollar that you made and you would deposit it, and then they would send a company guy to come collect it, and you would just keep depositing a portion of that money until you paid off the diner. So at $30 a month, uh, you would pay for the diner over a period of many, many years. And right. uh, and again, they drop it onto a, uh, you know, a, I guess a slab that had utilities there, you know, for hookup. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Water and water electrical, electric. et cetera, plumbing. And, uh, and that was it. I mean, it's like a turnkey diner. It was really remarkable. Very, 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 very cool. Um, had everything you need. I just wanted to mention that because that's, because part of what we're seeing, part of the purpose of at least this rally was to showcase parts of Americana or American culture that you just don't see from the interstate. All right. So here we are. We, we're, we're kind of trying to figure out or pick and choose our way through this list and, and make our arrival at the, uh, uh, where were we headed to that night? Uh, we were, we're trying uh, we were to arrive in Deep Creek, Maryland. Yeah. So we're trying to get to Deep Creek, Maryland on that first night and, uh, we, we missed it by 25. Minutes. We missed it by 25 minutes. Uh, so our points didn't count, really? No, no, they don't count unless you... Which w- isn't that bad because you're uh, you're just one of 52 teams, the majority of which, honestly, don't seem to be racing competitively yeah, or now doing it to win. But the thing is, we were we were pretty competitive. We were trying to, we were really trying to get some points and we were trying to uh we were trying to do well that well, day. Well we were also we were also handling an addition an additional task that really kept us from being uh competitive in the race, which is that we were filming. And yeah. when you film if you want to get something good, you have to stop. So whereas other crews were stopping for maybe Two, four minutes at a checkpoint, we were there for 30 minutes to 40. Yeah, because we were swapping batteries and we were changing mm. camera positions. Which and is all necessary stuff. Oh, absolutely necessary. So we were doing, uh, you know, like wiring up microphones and uh, just trying to figure out where we were going to go next and what we were going to see and so what would be the best position for the camera on the inside and the outside of the car. Uh, it was just, uh, you're right, Ben, it was, uh, you know, 30 to 45-minute stops instead of the three- or four-minute stops. So uh, we, we, we tried our best. We, we did do really, I think we did very well at the points. And uh, sure. we got quite a few at the end of the day, actually, but uh, they just didn't count for anything at the end of the day because we were 25 minutes late. Oh, Man, wait, sorry. You know, my spider sense told me this might happen. You're going to interrupt our rally episode? I'm not interrupting it. I'm not interrupting it. I think we're going to have to make this a two-parter. Oh, you're probably, you're wise to do so, Ben. <laughs> I am not often accused of being wise, and I, I'll I'll take it. Uh, we have because we have so much more stuff to explore, as you can tell by the way we're we're talking about this. We're going to make this a two parter, uh, a two part episode. Yeah, and look forward to Dylan's nickname in the next episode. We haven't forgotten. No. In the meantime, uh, go ahead and let us know what you think of road rallies. If you have any ideas of places that you would like us to adventure toward in the fu- adventure toward in the future. 
future? Mm-hmm. That sounds weird, but you know what? Let's go with it. Why not? If you have recommendations for locations that... We should adventure toward. <laughs> we should adventure toward. Oh, great. That's going on my permanent record. It's okay. Uh, we love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, and you can email us directly. We are. Well, there's way more on your permanent record than that. But we're car stuff at howstuffworks.com. this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you're committed to living a healthier life, you might want to look into working herbs into your wellness routine. There's a reason people have trusted them for thousands of years. Nature's Way understands that nature is the ultimate problem solver, and they're constantly inspired by the power of nature. For example, their ginger root and slippery elm bark have been traditionally used for digestive support. And St. John's wort, holy basil, and ashwagandha can provide mood and stress support. And because Nature's Way sources from around the world and does a ton of comprehensive potency and quality testing in their state-of-the-art lab, you can be sure you're getting top-quality herbs. To learn more, visit naturesway.com.